Evening Lake Church. How's everybody this evening? Excellent. Thank you guys for being here this evening. We're excited that you're here. We want to give a special greeting to those that are watching online. Thank you so much for tuning in. You could do anything with your Wednesday night, but uh, you chose to be with us tonight. We're so glad we consider it an honor and a privilege to minister to you online. Thank you again for joining us. So we want to get started. We got a few announcements really quickly. First of all, if you pre-ordered tamales for the Dominican Republic uh, mission trip that the ladies are getting ready to go on, if you pre-ordered those tamales, then they will be ready for you to pick up next Sunday morning. So I know I can't wait, and so if you wanted to bless me with some tamales, I'll let you do that. So praise God. If you ordered those, then you will pick those up next Sunday, all right? So next, we have more ways to be able to give toward the missions trips. Uh, another form is if you go back in the comments back here, there's a table set up with all kinds of homemade, handmade crafts and things. And uh, we're selling those in order to raise funds for the mission trip. Uh, and I bet you if you went back there and you just wanted to donate, they'd probably accept that too. So be prayerfully uh, considering what you would like to give towards that. There's a, a bunch of cool stuff back there that uh, would look great on your mantle or, uh, you know, other connect, connect shelf that you might have at your house. All right, so go back there and make yourself available to that. Uh, next Sunday night, we will have Sunday night school uh, Reset. Reset is the study of how to walk in divine health in your own life, personally, physically, mentally, emotionally, but also how to minister healing to those that you are, uh, your sphere of influence, you know, the people that bring, uh, that God brings across your path, how to walk in healing, how to minister healing. So you want to be a part of that. Pastor Bob Hazy does a tremendous job of teaching that course. Make sure that you come and be a part of that. Sunday night school, so that will be uh, at 6 p.m., this coming Sunday in the Student Ministries building, that's the big black one back there, that's uh, covered in the Shekinah glory, the anointing of God. Amen? Hallelujah. So come and be a part of that. All right, so last but not least, Mighty Men's Game Night. So that is our men's ministry, Mighty Men's. If you haven't been a part of that, I suggest that you come and uh, just hang out with the dudes. Hang out and be dudes together. We're going to do that uh, at game night, June 24th. It'll start at 6.30. We'll go to 9 o'clock. We'll play some cards. We'll have a nacho bar. Uh, we'll play some dominoes, playing bones. Uh, I'm pretty good at that, by the way, so just consider yourself challenged. And uh, also, we'll have a cornhole toss. Uh, you may or may not beat me at that one. I'm better at dominoes. All right, so the cost is $10. Again, that's June 24th from 6.30 to 9 p.m., and if you hadn't been uh, able to come and join the mighty men, come and be a part of that. It's important to make relationships with other godly men, amen? Iron sharpens iron, isn't that right? So come and be a part of that. It'd be a great time of fellowship and fun and eating. Hallelujah. Amen. So, and eating. Praise the Lord. So, uh, we want to move on and worship God together with our giving this evening, and so I want to make you guys aware of the ways that you can do that. Uh, if you're joining us here in person, then uh, the seat backs in front of you, there will be an envelope there if you'd like to pay with cash or check. You can do it that way, and there's a bucket in the back as, as you exit this evening. Jerry Wagner back there waving his hands. He will be glad to take that for you. Uh, so that way you can have a record of your giving. You can mark on that envelope if you want to allocate something specifically to uh, give an offering towards something, then you can mark that, all right? Also, text to give. 
uh, is easy, quick and easy, super easy. If you haven't done it yet and you need a little guidance, there are step-by-step instructions in that same little cubby thing in the back, in the seat back in front of you, and it'll walk you through that safely, securely, anytime, 24-7. It's super easy. Uh, and then we also have an app. It's called the Church Center app. You can go to the App Store, Google Play, wherever you get your apps. If you got Android and or iPhone, whatever you like, you can get Church Center app. And once you get that app, then you look up Lake Church Manford, and then it'll get you all set up. There is also instructions on how to do that if you don't know. And then those printed cards, if you're coming in the front door over there, directly in front of you, that table with the printed material, there's a card with directions, instructions on how to sign up for the Church Center app, and you can um, give that way. Not to mention not only giving, but all the events that are coming up, uh, sermon, uh, what's the word, uh, archives, thank you very much. And uh, so you can uh, be in the know of everything that's going on here at Lake Church. And if you're watching on us online or whether you're on Facebook or YouTube or Vimeo and you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Lake Church, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, Paul basically is writing this letter to his ministry partners that are giving to him. And he says, uh, I've, I've got everything that I need because of your gifts. And so he says, and my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And so basically what Paul is saying is there's a special blessing for those that will come into a partnership with a ministry. Amen. So whether you're part of this house and you want to give your tithes and then offerings above that, or if you just watch us week after week online, you say, you know what, I want to be a partner with this ministry. I want to be a part of what they're doing, not just in, in Manford, but uh, around the world. Amen. We're in over 90 countries around the world. That's amazing that we're able to do that, and that is made possible by uh, partners such as yourself that give faithfully into this ministry. And so if you're watching online, you can give at uh, lake-church.com. That's our website. Again, it's lake-church.com. And so there's a giving tab there. If you click on that, it'll lead you on how to give through that avenue safely and securely. Amen? Hallelujah. So with that, take your offering in your hands. Even if you don't have physically money, we're going to raise it up symbolically, and we're going to offer this up and pray over it tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to sow seed, just like pastor's been teaching us. There's seed, and then there's time, and then there's harvest. So, Father, this is the time that we sow seed, and we do so in faith and obedience as covenant partners, but also citizens of the kingdom of God. And, Father, I thank you for blessings upon blessings for those that are given. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. And so now, give a warm welcome to Pastor Bob Hazy. Good evening. Okay, you got about 10 hours? No, I'm just kidding. Calm down. Thank you, Wade. Well, as you can see, the title of this sermon is Ghosts of the Past. So it's pretty evident what I'm talking about, and uh, it's pretty easy for you to understand. But every one of us has things that are ghosts of the past. Now, when I talk about ghosts, I'm not talking about, per se, a haunting or uh, the Holy Spirit or demonic forces. What I'm talking about are the ghosts that seem to pop up when you're just going about your day and they just slap you in the face. 
there are situations, there's things that have happened in the, your past that, you know, you're, uh, Leela shared last week when she preached about we were cruising to uh, somewhere together and a song came on and all of a sudden I'm talking about this stuff and she gets mad at me, okay? It was a ghost from the past and that's what I'm referring to tonight. So here's, here's the thing, many people have issues with failure. I'm not good enough. You don't know what I've done. You haven't been where I've been. I guarantee you, Kevin and I have been where everybody else has been and beyond. We're kind of like Buzz Lightyear, you know. But, uh, you know, people don't realize what you've been through sometimes. And you know. And you're your own worst enemy. Because you are the one that allows it to be dredged up. You're the one that allows it to slap you in the face. And I'm getting ahead of myself. But, you know, you're the one that allows it to take control. So I want to start out with a very familiar scripture. Romans 3, 23. <clears throat> For all have sinned. Who? All. For all have sinned, let me find it here, and fallen short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. So here's the thing. The word sin means to miss the mark. So there's not a one of us in here that hasn't had something bad, that hasn't done something bad, that hasn't done something to somebody else bad, that hasn't just dumped on people. But yet, he says that we have all missed, but praise God, we've been justified. You know, this is a legal term. When you go to court and the judge is up there and you plead your case and he says, hey, I justify you, your actions were exonerated. It means you were found not guilty. See, many Christians, and, and I'm as guilty as anybody, okay? I, I'm preaching from my own, this message, I'm just going to be honest. This, I was telling Kevin today, this has been hard for me. But I knew I had to do it. Because it's hard to face the ghosts of your past. And, and you know, for us sometimes to realize... Oh, yeah, I said the sinner's prayer. I'm born again. I'm justified. Do we really believe it? Do we really grasp that we are legally standing in a position to where when these ghosts come up, we can just tell them, 
Adios, amigo. Get out of my face. I'm trying to be nice, you know. I mean, we are not going to be judged for our past. The Bible says when we ask forgiveness from God, he throws our sin in the sea of forgetfulness, never to bring it back up again. That's, that's Bob's paraphrase of that. But think about it, never to bring it up again. Then why do we allow the ghosts of the past to bring up our sins? Why do we allow our failures to come up again? Why do we allow the enemy to slap us down and to hinder us from advancing in the kingdom? You know, it's his grace, nothing that we could do. I mean, come on, Bob's a failure. In the world, I'm a failure. But in God's eyes, as Lila said last week, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. And, and the problem we as Christians have is we don't realize the perfection that lives within us. All we see is this natural. All we see is what we think and what we hear and what we speak. And the problem is we listen to the ghosts of our past more than we listen to the Spirit of God that lives within us. See, it's, it amazes me that, you know, Elijah, you know the story about Elijah, and he was looking for God in the storm and in the wind, in the rain and all this, and he found him in the still, small voice. See, we always expect God to show up yelling and screaming and, and ah, here I am! That was a Fidelis stance. I love you, Fidelis. Anyway. <laughs> but, you know, we expect that. Because we operate by emotions. And the thing of it is, the ghosts of the past speak louder because we know those ghosts. Listen, Kevin and I know what it is to sin. We know what it is to use drugs. We know what it is to go and deal drugs. We know what it is to be crazy. You know, I told somebody not long ago that I had a similar past to Kevin, and they said, what? I said, yeah, I used to be kind of bad myself, but God redeemed us. So you didn't know me like you know Kevin because he's from around here. I was from California. In verse 25, we'll go on. <clears throat> verse 25, he says, Whom God put forward as a proper, proper, I can't say that word, as a remission of sins is what the King James says. That's in the past. See, the past is, is the animal, if you will, that comes and attacks us. It is something that sneaks up on us. You know, I don't know how many of you 
have uh, had to pass things happen. You know, to where you're just going along your day and you see somebody. Like Jesse, I'm going to use you as an example. This has nothing to do with Jesse. Him and I are good friends. But let's say I had a problem with Jesse. Okay? And I'm driving down the road and I pull into the store and I see old Jesse in there. And all of a sudden, bam! I'm going to kick that dude's hind. I'm going to go slap him for what he did to me. I'm telling... Wait a minute, I'm born again Christian. So I get back in my car instead of beating on him or getting beat up by him, whatever the case may be. I, I cheat too, no. But... Um, but I get back in my car and I leave because I don't want to confront the ghosts of my past. Because this happened 20 years ago. I've been mad at him for 20 years and I cannot stand to be around him. Because that stinking ghost keeps popping up and saying, you hate him? Just think what he did to you. Do you know what he said about you? Do you know how he stabbed you in the back? Do you know what he did? Those ghosts will come up. The past. Listen. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 14 and 15. That's one of them little books after Proverbs there, you know. If I can find it, it's between Proverbs, Solomon. All right. So, verse 14 says, I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it, God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been, that which is to be already has been, and God seeks what has been driven away. Okay, speak English. Everything that has happened is in the past. Can you change your past? Can you can you change what Jesse had done to me? He didn't do it, but you know. Can you change what that situation that took place in your life? Can you change those things? No, you can't. Time has already been. It's already happened. It's already taken place. Things have already been cashed in, if you will. And what you did is you allowed that thing to become part of your psyche, part of your mental state, and it shoved so deep down in your subconscious that at any given moment, it can explode. Whatever God does, it is forever. That's what this says. So, if God has forgiven you, 
and set you free, it's forever. So if he's forgiven you forever, and we're supposed to be like God, we got to forgive for about an hour, for 15 minutes. I forgive you, Wade. I forgive you for saying, calm down, Bob. Oh, yeah, you felt that one, didn't you? That was so heartfelt. That's what we do. We, we don't say it. We don't mean it. Because we allow the hurt and the pain to reside within us. See, tonight my, my whole thing is let's get rid of these. In verse 15 in the King James, it says that God requireth. I looked this up and it says, He desires, He requests, He wants to obtain. So when you have bad things happen, which we all do, he wants you to give them to him. But we're so much like a kid in the candy store, we want to keep our candy and put it up on the shelf, and we want to hide our little pity party up here, and that's my pain. Don't you touch my pain, Kevin. That's, that's my sad story. That's my hatred for Jesse. I really don't hate you, Jesse. I love you very much. But God wants us to give these things up to him. Why don't we? Why don't we give these up? You know, it's been the question that I have battled with. The ghosts that you haven't given to God, these can be bad or good. They are totally forgotten about. Some of you tonight are thinking back maybe something that's happened. But before right now, did you really think about them? No. Those were hidden memories things that you have buried so deep until you hear somebody say something about it or if you run into that person. You know, Satan wants to make us useless. See, this is, these ghosts are really us and things that we have gone through and what we are but yet Satan knows they're there. And he'll pop those up. Have you ever noticed you're just on the verge of a mighty breakthrough and then all of a sudden here comes Jesse Lindley and you just want to cuss him and slap him and beat him down. I love you, Jesse. I really do. You just happen to be the one I'm picking on tonight instead of Kevin. But he doesn't care 
how he messes us up. He doesn't care what memories he uses. He doesn't care how painful or how messed up it is. All he cares about is distracting you from the assignment that God has for you. And if he can knock you off your course, guess who wins? <clears throat> he doesn't care if you attend church. He doesn't care how much you pray. He doesn't care how much you read your Bible. All he cares about is making us ineffective. And if he can knock us down, if he can make us slip, oh, thank God for 1 John 1, 9, you know, we just have to ask forgiveness and God forgives us. But many times we don't do that. Many times we just lose our temper or we get in our funk or we get depressed and we just allow the devil to beat the fire out of us. And when I talk about the fire, I mean the Holy Ghost fire. I mean, come on, do you think the Holy Spirit really enjoys it when you want to go and beat somebody down? Do you think the Holy Spirit's really happy when you're sitting there, I wish I had a beer, I could get drunk. Man, if I had a line of Coke, I could deal with this. Do you think the Holy Spirit likes that stuff? No. But yet we allow ourselves to get into these positions because we have not dealt with the root of the problem. <clears throat> Everybody has a, a past. And there is, as Jesse said, seed, time, and harvest. You know, I paid for things I did in the past. There was seed I planted. There was time I had to spend in jail and the harvest that they took my money because I broke the law. So I'm just, just saying, you know what I'm saying there. But, you know, there's also seed, time, and harvest when it comes to relationships. Because whatever you sow into a relationship, you're going to reap a harvest. See, most of us don't realize that how we treat others, how we treat situations, how we do things here at church, that there's going to be a harvest of that here on earth. I'm not talking about in heaven. I'm talking about right here and now. Okay? So I want to share some things. I'm going to be a little transparent with you. Is that all right? Okay? I'm going to share some of my personal woes, if you will. At two years old, I was adopted. I didn't know I was adopted till I was 14 years old. But from the time I was two to 14, I would always cry and ask for my real mom. How I understood that, I don't know. 
So through my life, I have always felt abandoned. Why would somebody leave a cute little kid like me? Why would they just abandon me? Because what did I do? I was only two. I never met my real parents. I met my siblings. And man, if you think I was jacked up, man, they were worse than me. <laughs> I can say that they're all dead now. They died from drugs and related things. But what I'm trying to say here is that because of that situation, there has been a ghost that has tried to follow me throughout my life. There has been a sense of self, unself-worth, that I'm not worthy enough, even though, man, my adopted parents were, they were the greatest. My mom and dad, they are my mom and dad. They were the greatest. They're both in heaven now. But I mean, they put up with so much crud from me. I'm telling you, when I was a teenager, I don't know why they didn't put me in a military institute. But anyway, I was, I was bad. I mean, Kevin, Kevin, like I said, we have this very similar testimony. And I mean, I'm, I'm coming in at 4 a.m. drunker than a skunk. And my dad gets up at five and he's born again, praise the tongue. I'm sitting there, I'm just, my head's hurting. And he's over there praying in tongues over my bed. I'm like, Dad! I didn't tell him shut up, but, you know, I wanted to. That's why I'm where I am today, because of his prayers, my grandmother and my mom's prayers. But, you know, those things... Even love, receiving love, I had a hard time. Even though I know they loved me. Even though I know Leela loves me. She can testify when we first got together, I'm not a touch-feeling person usually. Now I do, but I mean, I used to like, okay, you sit over there, I'll sit over here, we're fine, well, let's watch TV. You know, I just, I didn't know how to, receive love because my love was shattered when my parents gave me away actually they didn't give me the away DHS came and took me while my oldest sister was trying to make oatmeal out of plaster Paris thank God they got me before I ate that <laughs> or maybe that's why I have a cast iron stomach who knows so there's one of the things I wanted to share that was kind of a failure in my life. It was a bad situation that happened. But let me share something about a good thing that happened in my life that hung over for years. Leela and I, in 1999, went to the Philippine Islands to be missionaries. While we were there, we started with one church, we raised up eight other churches under us. We had over a thousand people born again every year through crusades and outreaches. 
That's success, ain't it? And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. I'm showing you the example. And so while we're there, everything's good. And, and I mean, you know, and then something happened. An evil report. It wasn't true. But we were brought back to the States. And we lost contact with many people. In fact, Pastor Greg was one of the only people that would really receive us. And he helped rebuild. But for many years it was like, but I don't understand, God. I was called to the Philippine Islands. I was successful. Things were going good. Why did this happen? See, I started to blame God. I started to blame people. I started to blame everybody else. Whether it was my fault or not, I really don't know. I don't care. Because I'm where I'm supposed to be today. But when, you, when I first got back here in 2008, man, Pastor Greg, I feel sorry for him. He had to deal with a whole lot of stuff. Because I was damaged. I was hurt. I was crushed by people I trusted and people I loved. And I didn't know why. I didn't. I still don't. Other than the enemy got in there and... And so the failure, see, that made me feel like a failure. Because I didn't have an answer. I didn't know what went down. I didn't know why it happened. And I felt like I failed God. I failed my family. I failed my pastor. I failed my friends. I failed the Filipino family that I had. And it haunted me for years. My self-confidence to minister. Those ghosts popped up. But yet, God in his grace and his mercy helped me to overcome. I am what I am today because of God. Not because I'm some super spiritual hyper whatever person. I am because I gave it to God. I said, God, if you want me to scrub toilets here the rest of my life, I will. Well, now I'm the missions pastor. I take teams around the world. See, God had a plan to get back on track. Because here's the thing. The enemy's here to kill, steal, and destroy. And if he can get you thinking, stinking thinking, he's got you in a stranglehold. He's got you to where you are absolutely not going to succeed. You know, there's a lot of other areas. Addiction. How many people have 
struggled with addiction and God has delivered them, but yet they still struggle. I was blessed. God delivered me and I didn't go back. What about failed marriages? People have had failed marriages. And guess what? Those ghosts pop up. Well, my other wife did this. If you treated me like that, you'd, you know, I mean, come on. Family, kids. Oh, my goodness. We, we live in a society with so many blended kids in a family today. And, and it's like, you can't treat my kid like that. Wait a minute, we're married. Isn't that my kid too? No. Yeah, it is. See, the ghosts of the past, your, your past relationships, your parents. <coughs> Excuse me. How many people had parents that were bad? I did. They left me. Then I got a good set. But not everybody's that lucky. How many people have resentment? The ghosts of the past against those that have done you wrong. Your parents, your family, your kids. <coughs> Gotta quit smoking. No, I'm just kidding. I don't smoke. Our communion, our fellowship breaks these chains. Kevin was talking about relationship and, and fellowship with God Sunday. You know, I was thinking about that. Why is it these ghosts pop up? Because we're not close to God. Listen, I said it before in this message, but you can attend church regularly. You can pray those empty prayers, as Kevin was talking about, with much speaking. You can read your Bible as a book, and you won't overcome. Until you have the relationship and the rhema, the, the complete understanding, the revelation knowledge of who God is, these ghosts will pop up left, right, upside down and sideways. And all they'll do is just mess you up and make you hurt and cry. I mean, when I was when I came back from the Philippines, I was so angry. I wanted to hurt people because of the ghost that happened. And it stayed with me for months until I got back into fellowship with God and the Holy Spirit. I was still born again. I was attending church. 
but I had anger and resentment. And that ghost tried to pop up several times, and I had to put it down. I tapped it in the head. You have to do it. I'm saying, I know that sounds crazy, but you've got to be that aggressive with these things. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, what's it say? Therefore, therefore, so if anyone is in Christ, wait a minute, how many of you are born again? Are you sure? Okay. So, if you're born again, it means that you're in Christ. Actually, I think that should read, he's in you. See, there's a difference here. You're in Christ. That means that he has accepted you totally. It means that he has put his stamp of approval, if you will, upon you and said, I accept you as a son or a daughter into my kingdom. But you see, it doesn't say that you are in him. Do you see what I'm saying here? That is something you have to decide to do. That goes back to communion and fellowship with the Father. You have to make the choice to allow him to be in you and work through you so that you can overcome these things. Even though our spirits are new or alive again, it's our bodies and our mind, will, and emotions, our soul, that we battle with constantly. And because of that, our minds and our bodies fight against the spirit. And when it fights against the spirit in that battle, Satan is listening and watching, and he's looking for an inroad. And when these ghosts pop up, because I saw Jesse at the store, that is his inroad to knock me off the course and path that God has for me. I lose my new creation. I don't lose my salvation. I just lose a little bit of that fellowship and communion with God because I've taken a step back away from him. See, he said he'll never leave us or forsake us. God is with us no matter whether you're doing a line of coke or you're out there drinking a six-pack of beer and you've been born again. Now, does he like it? No. Does he want you to sin? No, I'm not giving you a license to sin here. 
What I'm saying is that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's, he's standing there. He's going, okay, Bob, when are you going to get over yourself? When are you going to get over it? My gosh, how many times have we got to go around the same horse? Or same tree, whatever the saying is, mountain. I mean, think about it. How many times? How many times? I mean, I think one of the times I was moaning and griping to Pastor Greg when we came back, he said, when are you going to get over it? So my words to you are, when are you going to get over it? When are you going to allow the Spirit of God to renew your mind? Not remove your mind, even though that might be good, but renew your mind to where you become that new creation. See, that means a new creature, a new physical being. Listen, I don't crave drugs anymore because I'm a new creation. I don't do the things I used to do because I'm a new creation. I don't think the way I used to think because I'm a new creation. I don't allow these ghosts to rule my life because I'm a new creation. Because I have renewed my mind. The apostle Paul said he had to renew his mind, what? Daily. See, that's where we miss it. We think, oh, well, we'll come to church Sunday. Yeah, I'll do a little prayer. I'm going to be all good. Yep, 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 yep. And there's that Jesse Lindley again. Talk, John, I'm going to beat the fire out of him. I'll meet you in the parking lot after. We have to cast these things down. These, we have to trap them. You know, I was thinking today while I was meditating on this, and in my head I keep hearing the Ghostbuster song. Did it, did it, did it, did it. I almost had Mark play it for me tonight. But I was thinking about that trap they, they used. They slid out there and they stomped on it, and then ghosts would get sucked down in there, you know. And I was thinking, what a revelation that is, that you need to use the Holy Spirit to trap these ghosts. I know crazy thoughts, you know, a little sci-fi here. I mean, think about it. The Apostle Paul, when he was Saul, man, just think, he was zealous. He went around and he was persecuting Christians and he was, he was the Jew of all Jews successful, killing all them, them wild people, whatever. I couldn't think of a word. But yet, when God converted him, how many years was it until he was kind of accepted? It took about three years. And he still wasn't quite trusted. Look at Moses. 
God appears to him in a burning bush. So says, God, come take your sandals off, you know. Charlton Heston, you know. I want you to go and free your people. Wow, man, that's cool. That's not what he said. He's like, who are you talking to? You want me? And then he's, he had the audacity to argue with God and say, send Aaron with me, I can't talk. Which is funny because in the movie, Moses did all the talking. But that's not really what Moses said. He said, send Aaron, I'm not eloquent of speech, I need his help. Don't you think that was a ghost that bothered him throughout his ministry? Look at David. I mean, the Bible's full of all these stories. Even Jesus had a ghost. Jesus? Yeah. Remember, he went to his hometown, and the people said, Ain't this Joseph's son? Isn't that Kevin Varnell? That guy that used to do the auction? We still hear that on occasion. You mean he's not on drugs anymore? These things are memories. Listen, memories aren't bad. Because memories can do two things. They can remind us of good things that happened. And they can remind us and warn us to stay away from bad things that have happened. But when you sit there and you dwell on those memories and you allow them to be the ghosts. See, ghosts are something that you don't see. Ghosts are unseen but have power, if you will. If you've ever watched any of these weird movies with ghosts and things, which we don't watch those anymore, but I used to watch those all the time as a kid. Man, them things are freaky. I mean, they just show up out of nowhere, and they ain't no Caspers. They're demonic spirits, okay? These aren't necessarily demonic spirits, but they operate and move in the same manner. They come up when you're least expected. And they just rear their ugly heads and they scare you or they want you to beat somebody or they want you to run or they want you to do some kind of craziness. And you're like, whoa, where'd that? Let me give you this example. I went last weekend... um, One of the girls in the Philippines that we knew from 16 years old, she lives up in in Springfield, Missouri. So she was getting married, and she asked me to come and officiate the wedding. I was very honored. So I go up there. Well, where I had to get off was, I think, Campbell up there anyway, off of James River. Well, it was right there by the Cox Hospital the big Cox Hospital off of James River. Well, that was the last place I had seen my mom alive. So I'm driving along, not thinking nothing. I go, I turn, I go down that road, and I get to that hospital, and all of a sudden, 
I just started crying. I'm like, what the heck? Oh, yeah. See, these, these memories, these ghosts pop up when you're not even thinking about things. And I mean, that wasn't a bad memory. I was able to just shake it off and go on. You know, I, I love my mom. I know she's in a better place. So I, it don't bother me like that. But it, it bothered me for that second. But see, here's the thing. Most people don't let it bother them for the second. They let it just fester and fester and fester until it becomes a major problem and a major hatred and a stronghold like Leela was saying last week to where they can't breathe, they can't think, they can't move. Is tragedy bad? Yes. I was married before Leela and I met. I was married in the world and we had a child and the child died two days after it was born in ICU. Was that tragic? You bet. In fact, Jacob had to have, my son, he had to have a surgery, our son, yes. Okay, our son. He's my son, not yours. But, <laughs> gosh, semantics here. Anyway. Uh, <clears throat> but he had to have surgery at five months old. Intestinal surgery. And because of the tragedy that I had been through with the first child that we lost, I was a basket case. I, didn't, I was born again, but I didn't have the revelation I do today. And that freaked me out. He was in the hospital. I couldn't even go to the hospital. I was wigging out. I was hurt. I was in pain. And thank God for good Christian friends that helped me through it. But you know, tragedy has a way of those ghosts sneaking up. Because that had been probably five years or six years before that. And here's my, our boy. Here he has to go into the hospital. And, and I'm just, I'm, she was as solid as a rock. I'm usually the one that's pretty solid, but that freaked me out. See, God said he wants in, in Ecclesiastes 15, he says he desires. He requests these things from you. How many of us have held on to things? How many of us have kept these emotions? I mean, come on, there, there's hurt from a bad mommy and daddy. There's hurt from losing a child. There's hurt from bad relationships. And God wants you to give them to him. You alone can't deal with this, people. You can't. I couldn't. I just showed you an example how I couldn't handle it. But here's the beauty of it. Turn to Isaiah 61.
See, when you give God, <coughs> when you give God these ghosts, he's going to give you something. See, that's the beautiful thing about God. When you give him the garbage, he gives you the good stuff. Never have quite figured that out. Because usually when I gave people garbage, they gave me more garbage. But God says here, and this is also found in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. In verse 1 here, in, in Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now this was... This is the scripture that Jesus read in the book of Luke that he was referring. This was a um, prophecy of Jesus. But who's Jesus here on this earth? We is. So I use this scripture because I feel that this scripture applies to me. So I can say this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon Bob, okay? To bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, how many of you have been mourning? How many of you have gone through mourning over situations, over what he said, brokenheartedness, over things that have captivated you? But tonight, he says, come to Mount Zion. He says, you can be set free because my spirit... My spirit, not your spirit, not your ability, but the very spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives within you and is upon you and is around you. And he said that if you'll come, he'll set you free. No more mourning because he will give you a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. The oil of gladness, not sadness. From instead of mourning. You don't have to mourn anymore for those that have passed. I'll tell you, every year, it's like clockwork. I see people post on Facebook about dead people, about people that have gone to heaven. You know what? They're in heaven. They don't care. I'm sorry if that's rude to you, but they don't care if you remember them or not because they're with Jesus. They're having more fun than you and me. They ain't paying five bucks a gallon for gas. <laughs> Why do we mourn? Because it makes us feel good. I don't. He wants to give you the oil of gladness. You know, in 
when they talk about oil in the Bible, they're not talking about a little dipper full. They're talking about taking a whole jug and pouring over like they anointed the priest from the top of the head to the bottom of, the, of gladness. The garment of, oh, I'm sorry. I guess you're going to have to praise him. The garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. That they may be, oh, I love this, called the oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Cast down every, every thing that exalts its name above the name of Christ. These things right here will try to exalt themselves above the name of Christ. But if you will put on the garment of praise, if you will allow the oil to run over you, you will overcome those ghosts. You will be victorious. So let's stand tonight. Let's put on that garment of praise. Lift your hands with me tonight. Let's just thank him. Father God, I just thank you tonight. I thank you for all that you're doing. I thank you for this message that you brought forth through me. I thank you for the honor and the privilege of what you've done. Father, I thank you that you are touching the hearts of these people that are here. Lord, we just praise you. We praise you, Lord that we are overcomers, that we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath, Lord. Father, that your anointing is upon each and every one of us, that we will not be put down or bothered or shaken by the ghosts of the past. Lord, I just thank you tonight. Can I have the ministers come up front, please, while we're thanking the Lord? Ministers, come on up here. Lord, we just give you praise. Let's continue to praise him. Father, I just thank you tonight. I give you glory for each and every one. Father, I know sometimes we need a little extra prayer. We need a little extra help. And tonight, if there's anyone here that hasn't made, their, made Jesus the Lord of their life, he's here tonight to receive you. I invite you to come. But also tonight, if you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, for it is the power to overcome a lot of what these ghosts of the past are. If you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, I invite you to come up and pray with one of these ministers up here. And the last thing is if you have ghosts that you haven't been able to overcome, I invite you to come now. Don't sit in your seat. Don't get ready to walk out that door. Don't come in the same way or don't leave the same way you came in. 
come up here and get rid of that baggage because those ghosts are baggage that will hold you down and haunt you the rest of your life. So if you're one of those, if I have any takers, please come up and get prayer right now. Father, we just thank you. We thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. Thank you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be shy. I know there's people here that have ghosts. I know it because the Lord told me today. And I could call you by name. Because he told me who it was. If you decide to walk out the way you came in, at least you've heard what you can do to get rid of them. Father God, we just thank you. Lord, I thank you for the honor and the privilege being able to do this tonight, Lord, and I thank you for helping me deliver what you put on my heart. Father, I thank you for each and every one under the sound of my voice. Bless them, bless them, and bless them. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.